And now, presenting a small advertisement break, Cujo's WonderCon file cards. In case episode 113 left you scratching your head, here we have some choice audio from the convention. Enjoy. The following interviews took place between the dates March 23rd and March 25th, 2018. All persons heard have been a part in collaboration or witnessed G.I. Joe. As per the usual, this content can be edited at any time by Cobra Command at their discretion. Without further ado, Squid Nova presents Cujo's WonderCon file cards. Chatting with uh, Larry Houston, among other things, a producer on the G.I. Joe animated movie from 87, yeah? Yes. Um, I guess, just revisit that opening. Uh, it's revered by G.I. Joe fans uh, still to this day. Is that something that's a feather in your cap? Yes. Uh, the G.I. Joe movie intro is like one of the highlights of my career because I've done a lot of... All, all the, a lot of shows I've been working on was always done with a TV budget. And when I got a chance to do the opening for the G.I. Joe movie, it had a theatrical budget. And a lot of the little subtleties I would put into my artwork were usually ignored on the TV show. But when I got, we did the theatrical version, it was like, my eyes were like, wow, they did, they did this, they did that, they did everything. <laughs> everything I drew, all the little small things, the subtle things they put into the show, and I was really impressed. Only th- I wish I had kept the pencil test. The pencil test was awesome. I never got a copy of it. There's but. so much going on screen in that thing. Not to mention the balloons. Yes. I mean, that's what I mean. I, I would put that into the storyboards, but the, the, the rule of thumb back in the 80s is that you, what you put in the boards, you're lucky to get back 50% of it. So I, I, would, I would take storyboards, and I put a lot of stuff into it, knowing I wasn't going to get it all back. But when I did the G.I. Joe movie intro, they did it all. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was, like, amazing. Did you get uh, did you get uh, deep into the G.I. Joe mythos at all while you were working on it? Uh, uh, Just the characters, that kind of thing? As far as the, the comic books, because uh, everything's based upon the books from Larry Hama, we would all of that would be filtered through the, the story editors. And so in that aspect, yeah, I, I, we were deeply into the, the, the G.I. Joe mythology and working in, in all the shows we were working on. Um, except for a few of us, we didn't have time to read the actual books, so we depended upon the writers a Is lot. Is there a character that stands out to you uh, in G.I. Joe? Well, yeah, uh, yeah, several of them. Uh, you know, we got the... This content has been deemed classified by Cobra Command. Level 2 Thought Crime. Something to chew on. You don't have to answer it right away. Okay. Why is Cobra Commander the most dangerous villain you've ever encountered? <laughs> uh, I, for me, he was dangerous because he was so incompetent. <laughs> um, 
he was a good classic um, the TV bit not, not the written one in the comic books but in the TV show he was like so over the top he, he was fun to, to, to stage and draw you know it was kind of weird because he, he didn't have a face but the voice actor had so much fun with it you could have we could uh, direct him in the, in the shows you know out, more outlandishly depending upon the voice inflections that we heard on the on the back then we had cassette tapes <laughs> we would listen to cassette tapes for all the dialogue listen to it and okay have, have him do this do this have him this kind of gesture and that kind of stuff And I drew myself in the covers. Is it fair to speculate that you may have the most famous mustache? <laughs> no. Yes. Salvador Dali has. That is has. true. Oh. That is true. <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty deep in the game. I'm jumping here. We're alive. We're alive. Um, I guess... How should I start with this? Uh, are you working with Hama at all? Or are you just kind of satellite? No, I, I just do freelance work for variant covers. So I don't actually draw the issue. I don't do any of the interior, and I don't I don't draw the the, the main cover. Um, Royal does that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, when you when you take a look, you you have different franchises. There's something that resonates with people a certain way about GI Joe. Uh-huh. Uh It could be military. It could just be great storytelling. How do you see it? Um, well, I was born in 73, so I was at the right age when G.I. Joe came out. You know, I was a huge fan of Star Wars, and I had all those toys. And so, when I was a kid, G.I. Joe was kind of an extension of that, good versus evil, but on Earth. And uh, the figures, you could do more with them. And uh, and I love I love the story, the cartoon. I remember when the first the miniseries came out, the Mass Device. I just I absolutely love that. Were you a comic book guy back in the day? Yes, Herb uh, Herb Trimpey, yeah. who I became good friends with later in life, no was uh, was one of my biggest inspirations. Uh, he's I I used to try and emulate him all the time. I have uh, when he did the the designs for. Um, the crest, uh, the crest guys versus the cavity creeps. I uh, I bought that original art on eBay for like next to nothing, and then when I finally met him and I told him, he was just cracking up, and we became fast friends. I miss uh, Herb a great deal, and I'm I'm good friends with uh, Mike Bosberg, who also did uh, you know worked on the original Marvel series. So I'm I'm a huge fan. I go way back. Um, I guess this kind of goes personality to personality. Were you? Um, you know, when I was a little, it's weird how you know your personality changes through life. I was a bigger fan of GI Joe when I was a kid, and as I got older, I thought Cobra was cooler, just because I liked the vehicles and the playsets that Cobra had. As you know, the military vehicles were cool, but I enjoyed the Cobra side more as I got older. Is there a favorite Cobra that still resonates? Major Blood. Really? Major Blood. Because uh, when I was a kid, I couldn't find uh, Cobra Commander, and I, I, it took me a while to find the, the Cobra Troopers. But Major, Gla- Major Blood I got as a mail order figure, and so he's like one of my first Cobra figures. Just always, I always liked the fact that the one arm didn't move. Yeah, that was it was just a like solid piece. Yeah, yeah, um, with three fingers. Last question. Yeah. Take your time on this one. Why is Cobra Commander the most dangerous villain you've ever encountered? The most dangerous? 
the most dangerous on earth. Sure. Um, why do I think he's the most dangerous? Probably because uh, <laughs> if you look at him, there's he's not doing it for the money. He already has money. Like, the weapons and stuff, those don't come free. He's doing it for other reasons, like more sinister reasons. Like, Did you ever kind of place him in our society? Because Hama writes, you know, different, different people or um, things. Yeah, you know what? I, I picture him more as the leader of a corporation than, like, the military, like a leader of a military force. Because I, I, if you watch it and you watch the dichotomy of the characters... It's more like a corporate environment. You know how he treats people and stuff and fires them? Like, if you, it's really funny. Like, if you look back at the cartoon, how he whined and got rid of people left and right, you know, like they'd fall out of favor. You can almost compare it to the Trump administration recently. But no, seriously, though, you know, just the, the turnover rate is just is funny. And just, the, like, when you watch the news today, they're characters. Like, people look at them as characters, and, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny, but I, he's, da- he's dangerous because of, I, I think of his, because of his aspirations and how he goes about things and, like, what he cares about and what he doesn't care about, you know? And uh, that's a dangerous person. Um, I'm Scarlet, and uh, my name is Colleen Cruz. Um, the G.I. Joe fandom, unique, because uh, it's not superheroes. It's more just ordinary people mm-hmm. rising up against. Uh, why do you think it resonates with certain people doesn't have others? Well, it's, it's very American. It's very pro-our country, and it's... It has... It's kind of hard to explain. It's, um... It's very fun at the same time, but it kind of makes you feel good about who we are as a nation. Um, uh, I guess you're wearing Scarlet. Is there yeah. any other characters that jump out at you, or, or do you want to rep her? Um, I, I, I think the Baroness is really fun, but I also like color, uh, Cover Girl and uh, Heart Wrencher as well. Okay, final question. Take your time. Okay. Why is Cobra Commander the most dangerous villain you've ever encountered? Um, because he's a psychopath, and he can convince anybody to do anything. Very, yeah, he is very charismatic. He's unpredictable. Yep. We're live. Um, just a couple questions, uh, with, (laughs) with Chris Ryle, uh, producer of many great projects, among them uh, bringing Hama to IDW for some time. Uh, I guess my question about G.I. Joe, uh, it's a unique property in the sense that it's not superheroes, it's just regular people, but it resonates with people over many decades. Why do you think that is? I mean, it's regular people, but it's also ninjas, and uh, there's a lot of sort of irregular and super people, but I mean, I think it resonates just because like, there's somebody on the team that everybody can identify with. You know, I think that's why G.I. Joe's been so smart, and certainly Larry's comics have been so smart, is that he's created such a wide breadth of characters that, you know, everybody that picks up that book can find somebody to identify with and 
somebody that they just like to follow. Is there anybody that stood out to you? Kind of said, oh, this is kind of like me? Oh, Snake Eyes, of course. Yeah, of course. Silent, you know, deadly. <laughs> I, I can uh, confirm that. Um, my last question, uh, and you can take a moment on this one. Why is Cobra Commander the most dangerous villain you've ever encountered? Wow, that's quite an assumption. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Unicron's also pretty deadly, too. But in the G.I. Joe universe, why is he the most deadly? I think I think it's all about followers. Like, it's a world where you can get that many people willing to kill and do all kinds of other terrible things in your name and follow you no matter what your sort of nefarious plans are. Like, I think that, that the fact that you can inspire people to do terrible things in your name is always, you know... Always a thing to really watch out for and be scared of. I was on the first... Uh, first I was on like three episodes of The Screensavers. Then they changed the name to Attack of the Show and I was on... From the beginning to the last episode. Why didn't the producers understand how big that was going to be? That is a good question for another time and another podcast. We're live. Uh, here with Joe on Joe podcast. Uh, can you drop that last name for me? Joe Slepsky. That's that's it's 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 Polish. You know, and I moved to Hollywood, and there's like three Polish people in Hollywood. I'm from Chicago, though, so in Chicago, it's like Smith. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're 110 episodes deep. Yeah, yeah, we are. 110. Dude. Dude. 110. I haven't missed a week yet. Cross your fingers. Um, about GI Joe, it's not superheroes. It's ordinary people, but the brand seems to resonate with the, with the people it hits. Yeah. It lasts for decades. Yeah. Uh, you got an explanation on your side? I do. Actually, I think it is because while it's not uh, it's not overtly superheroes, it is superheroes because they're all different. They all have a different uniform. They all they all have their own specialty as far as power set. You know, uh, they all have a you know, firefighter. You're a sailor. You're a, you're a ninja. You're a heavy machine gunner. That's all power sets. That's the Avengers. And when you get enough of them in a group, there's going to be some someone in that group that every reader kind of. Uh, likes individually. They're going to resonate with them. I think it's one of the reasons why other iterations of the team that dressed them a more traditionally uh, military, you know, like more everyone a little greener, a little more fatiguier, hasn't really taken off. Because there's something about absolute instant recognition of those characters and their powers slash weapons that I think really hits the core of comic fans. I like that. Um, who uh, who hit with you? Who still hits? Well, Snake Eyes, and I know that's such a cliche answer. Gotta go Deep Cut. I know, but Deep Cut. Um, I love Ripcord. I love um, I love Blowtorch. I love Blowtorch the toy. I love Ripcord the character because I loved Ripcord's story arc when he had a, when he replaced Zartan and went on a Cobra Island and Candy and Bongo the Balloon Bear. Like I love that stuff. Where's that action figure? Um. Well, that action figure's home. I got it. I got my ripcord. Oh, a bongo? No, I think they did do one though. Collectors Club. I, yeah, I think the Collectors Club did a bongo. Are you gonna make it to JoeCon? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm. Uh, uh, I've got a personal trip planned. Uh, seeing, uh, seeing Springsteen. Well, dude, we caught Hama. So I know I caught Hama. I caught Hama here. 
So I've got a personal trip planned that I think it's going to stop me from getting a joke on. Unless, unless people want to crowdfund me and drag me there, but I don't think I can make question. it. question. Is that the biggest interview you've had? For the show? Yes. I, I, I don't see how if you're a G.I. Joe fan, there's 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 any interview that's bigger than Larry Hama. Because I don't think there's any individual one person that's more influential than Larry Hama. Um, Flint, Bill Ratner, uh, he's actually a friend, which when I met him personally, was I was like, you're Flint? What? Like, that's amazing. But he obviously would come in come in a very close second. Final question. Take your time. Why is Cobra Commander the most dangerous villain? Because he has a way... He's a used car salesman. He has a way of convincing people to do things against their own better judgment, against their own better... You know, against their own good, so to speak. Like, he'll... He convinces people to, to run headfirst against a much better trained army, time after time. So if you if that's not persuasive and dangerous, I don't know what is. They got those vehicles though. <laughs> they, they got the vehicles, but that's Destro, and that Destro's getting paid. And also, he's the most dangerous because he's the zealot. And I know there's you know there's different continuities. You go Cobra Live, you go Comic, or whatever. But Cobra Commander's the zealot. Destro, mercenary. Zartan, mercenary. Major Blood, mercenary. Maybe Serpentor just as zealotry, but he's, you know, created from a lab. Most of the major players are there because they're in it for the money. Cobra Commander's there because he believes in the cause. As file cards wrap, I'd like to thank WonderCon and all the voices on the record. To catch the scene around all these words, revisit G.I. Joburg 113. And of course, check out the Joe Fund Me, sending three South African gentlemen to Chattanooga, Tennessee. And is Homer okay with being quoted on that, by the way? Did he know he was on the record? He was on the record, but he got pretty mad at me. Okay. Yeah, um, well, it's... Let's try not to make G.I. Joe's Godfather mad, okay? <laughs> no, well, I, I know me, Angry and Steven, God. me and Steven chatted this up, but I'll give you, like, the cliff notes. Like, he, he basically... He wasn't real thrilled with, like, certain questions I was asking, but I just... By the end of it, we were all good. Like, he said... I said, you know what? I, I'm sorry I didn't mean to... Uh, you know, asked this, he's like, he's like, that's cool. And he said, I'm sorry if I offended you. And I said, no, I'm glad you put me in my place. Um, but no, I, we, we, we're good. We left on good terms. Yeah, dude, I can tell you now. It, 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 he's a, he's a fucking cantankerous dude, man. He's like, he doesn't like oh. to take shit. And he, he's very much one of those have good manners and he'll deal with you kind of thing. I've seen how he talks to people on Facebook. Well, dude, I told you this in print, but this yeah. shit was. The most memorable thing I'll ever uh, probably see from him, that's when he was he told that one guy about Cobra Commander's spacesuit. That shit was, <laughs> whoa. Like, he's like, because he was asked, he said, uh, you know, who's what character is that? And I'm like, I think he means battle armor. When the guy came up to collect, he's like, he's like, are you the person that put Cobra Commander's spacesuit? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, he's kind of like joking around. I was like, oh, shit. And, and Hama goes, I don't know who the fuck that is. Do you, he's like, I only do two versions of Cobra Commander. Which one do you want? And the guy's like, the hood. He's like, cool. He's like, 
come back in a bit. <laughs> I was like, I can't even look at the guy. It looked like the guy had just gotten spanked or something. Oh, like, it was shocking. But, no, me, Hama, I'm, like, because like, Hama never acknowledges. He'll just say, you'll be like, it was a pleasure uh, hanging out with you, and he's like, okay. And you're oh. just like, all right. <laughs> but, no, oh, he, uh, okay. I, he was like that with everybody. Mm, like somebody would say, you know, I, I loved your work, and he'd be like, okay. But, I mean, yeah. he kind of yeah, answered I, his own question because he's like, I never get invited to cons. And then he's like, I hate interviews. And you're like, well, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. Guy's in his 70s, man. I think uh, he's entitled to it. The few personal experiences I've had with uh, talking to him on Facebook is I PM'd him because uh, I had just finished reading uh, a, a huge portion of the of the original G.I. Joe run, and it had a lot to do with the whole ninja thing, and then Zartan confronting himself and the truth of his past and trying to redeem his sins and all that. And it is really great writing. It's 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 a really great series of books. I think it's episodes, it's like uh, 60 to 72, somewhere around there. Um, but in the message, I directly quoted the run, and I just said, Hey, Mr. Homer, this, uh, I just concluded this run as an adult, and I've got to say, this has been some of the finest, um, G.I. Joe writing and sort of, you know, complex ninja or martial arts story writing I've enjoyed in a long time. And, uh, I really, and, and, and knowing the era that it was out, I said, you know, had, had I read this during the Claremont era, I would have certainly enjoyed this far more. And he replied to me, he said, thank you very much. Uh, it was a great ride working on those books. It's always nice to hear that uh, you write as well, if not better than Claremont. Smiley face. <laughs> That's what I got from him. <laughs> I think I'm going to put that on the record. That is a great story and a great way to end episode 114 of G.I. Joburg. It's been real. Guys, I'm going to go now. Can the recording and all that jazz. So. All right, brother. Cool. If you want cool. to, I can requote it. Let me just get the Facebook post. But yeah, the message. Nah, the paraphrasing is good, man. Okay, it's real. cool. Well, good yeah. stories, boys. Good stories. All right, good and chat, Stephen. Good night, Cujo. All right, brother. <laughs>